0: So I just want to encourage you going into this year before I share this word that for everyone in this room, whether you're coming through a hard season or you're coming out of a great season, going into the next season, it's a time to push through. And that's what we're going to do today. Amen. Amen. So it's not just, you know, we think about it in football, in basketball, in a lot of sports that we're in. There are a million different sports that this applies to. Those are just the two that are common to me. So those are the ones that I'm using this morning. But, you know. Our outcome, what we see at the end a lot of times, is just the beginning of what God is trying to do if we turn it over to Him. Now see, there's there's the if, there's the determining factor. Are we going to turn it over to Him? His purpose is always for glory and always for good and always to, to give you that outcome, to move you to the next season, even if you don't understand the situation. But the question is, can we turn it over to Him? So we came this morning and up to the shredder that Cricket put here, and we put that in there. We put in that situation that we just walked out of. We put in that thing that we are going through, or the thing we're fighting through, or the thing that we happened last year that we're wanting to overcome. And so we started this, this service out, this last final service of the year, letting it go. So who put something in this morning? I think I saw almost the whole room put something in this morning. Amen. Because what we did is we let that go. We applied the blood of Jesus to that. And we released it so that God can come in and do the work for this next year that He wants to do. I tell you what, isn't God good? So the point of this ending of this year is to finish strong. Amen. You know, you saw some of those different clips and plays, and I could only see it from the side. But I tell you, in every single situation, when you hear the announcer, they're either just so shocked and amazed and can't believe that this amazing play just happened. It's defied all obstacles. It's defied their reasoning, their understanding. But then it happened, and the player made the touchdown. Sometimes it takes two or three plays to get across the finish line. Amen? Sometimes it takes overcoming obstacles again and again and again before you cross that finish line. Sometimes you get knocked back five or ten yards and then you have to get up and you've got a longer way to go. But then they make it and they make it the rest of the way. Amen? Has anybody in their life ever been in those situations where they have been knocked down in some way or knocked back and had to overcome an obstacle? Amen. Well, for the glory of God, because God has created us to be overcomers. It's not a coincidence that we love to see the underdog win, or we love to see the game come down to those final moments, and it's so exciting, or that final shot at the buzzer. It's no coincidence that God has created us with a grit to be an overcomer because he knew that's what it would take for us. See, He sent Jesus to die and overcome the grave so that we could be saved. Amen? Amen. Why do you think we have such a passion in us if sometimes we can't do it ourselves? We love to see others overcome. Even perfect strangers, we don't know. Amen? Because God put that in us. God wouldn't send His Son to die on the cross had His intention not to be for us to accept Him, cover our sins in the blood of Jesus so that we have a hope to spend eternity with Him. Amen? God created and put in all of us. That desire and that love and that passion to overcome obstacles. Because He knew living in this fallen world, we would have to have that. We would have to have that desire and that passion to push through the hardest obstacles we could face on this earth. That the enemy attacks us with. So that ultimately the glory of God would show through in our lives. And help those who haven't seen God or can't see God. See it through the testimony that He's given us. Amen? Amen. And so I want to come back here and share a few scriptures with you this morning so we talked about it with football and sports and in the practical sense but let me show you in the bible where god does this where jesus does this now we're i'm going to use some examples where he was walking on this earth and he did it some fourth quarter situations some last minute final situations where it looked final on this earth but jesus said it is not final so can we pull up the the first scripture and this first one i'm going to use is really the ultimate the ultimate scripture for this and it is john 11:30 through 44 oh it's it's already up there okay it says now jesus had not yet come into the town but he was in a place where martha met him then the jews who were with him in the house and comforting her when he saw that mary rose up quickly and went to him followed her saying she is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came to Jesus he, and she saw him, she fell down at his feet saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see that Jesus wept. I want to stop for one second right there and just pause. Because you see that scripture, Jesus wept. So just because you are going through a situation and you have emotions about that situation and you cry or you weep over that situation, that is okay. The act of crying over something is not a lack of faith. Because Jesus wept over his friend. It's what you do when you get through those tears. So we'll continue on right there. We'll see that next part of that scripture. So then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind and also kept his man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone, Martha, the sister of him who was dead dead. And he said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? I tell you what, Jesus here is saying what you think is the end is not the end. In your situation, what you think is the end is not the end. This was the final hour. He was actually beyond the final hour in how everyone around him was seeing it. Because Lazarus had died. And what he she thought was the end and everyone thought was the end was not the end. Because Jesus had a plan and a purpose. I don't know what you're going through today in your situation. But I can tell you this. What you feel, what you believe, what you see, no matter what it looks like, is the end. Is not the end. The end, if you turn it over to God, amen. 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 The second one I want to talk about is um, John 8 1 through 11. So there are different situations where the end may look like the end. We look at death and we see with Lazarus, the end was not the end. Another situation we'll go to this scripture, John. 8 1 through 11. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now, early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought him to a woman caught in adultery. And when they said to her, when they set her in the midst, then he said, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now, Moses in the law commanded us such that she be stoned. But what do you say? This they said testing him that they might have something which they could accuse him. But Jesus, stopped, but Jesus stooped down and wrote in the, on the ground with his fingers as though he did not hear. So do you see that there? They were kind of poking at him, trying to get him to say something that they could use against him. But he just stooped down as though he could not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to him, He who is without sin among you, let him throw the first stone. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard... Those who heard it, being convicted of their own conscience, went one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in his midst. When Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those? So he went on to say, where are those accusers of you? So I tell you, you may have been in a situation this year where there has been something in your life, maybe that you're not proud of. Maybe it's something simple. You feel that it's a simple thing, but it's just eating away at you. Maybe it's something huge in your life that you've gone through in this last year, and the enemy is trying to really guilt you and weigh you down with that thing. Maybe you've dealt with fear over a situation, over a child, over a parent, over a circumstance, over a job, and it's just the weight of you has come down on you heavy. No matter the situation that you've been through, no matter what you've done in this last year or the year before that or in any situation, the blood of Jesus is strong enough to overcome anything that you have done. Now we saw this in this example where Jesus was on the earth, but by his simple words reminding, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. It didn't say the whole entire crowd left at once. It said they left one by one by one, starting with the oldest and then on and on and on. I think that as we we all get older, in every phase that we're in, with age and life comes more wisdom and situations. So why is it you think that the older maybe were the first to leave? Well, personally, and this isn't just an opinion, I think that as they looked back, they were a little bit quicker to see, hey, you know, I've done some things in my life. I've been through some situations. And they walked away first. And then the crowd began to leave one by one. And it wasn't until the last one was gone when Jesus stood up and he looked at her and he said, where are all of your accusers? Because He wants you to know this. You're not alone. The sin or the thing that you have done in your life is not going to be the thing that has to define you in your life. There may be that crowd around you ready to cast that stone, ready to throw that stone at your situation. But as God does His work in your life, when you turn it over to Him, they will walk away one by one by one. They will walk out of your life. And God will use that testimony. So don't let the enemy at the end of this year stop you from your blessing because of the guilt that you're holding on to that is not yours to carry that's why we put it in the shredder this morning because as symbolically because you have to let that go first it has to start with you and that's the hardest thing to do sometimes that's the hardest thing to do for us to let go of our own mistakes But see, when we turn it over to Jesus and put it under the blood, it's gone. It's just like that bag of paper. You can't tell one from the other. You can't tell whose paper was whose paper. You don't know what situation was which because it's all in there together and it's gone. And it's trash. So you do not let the enemy, you circumstance, situation, your own mind or other people tell you that that thing that you have overcome is not gone because it's gone. It ended this year. You came to the last service of the year. You put it under the blood of Jesus. You physically put it in a shredder and you let it go. So if they, if, you, if you're if you struggling this year to really say, am I forgiven? Have I let it go, think back symbolically. Say, you know what? I remember in that service when I shredded it, but it wasn't about the shredder it was about me saying, God, this is what it is. I'm turning it over to you and I'm letting it go. So when it comes back to you and it'll it'll try and hit you right at the beginning of the year when you are ready to go, we're, we're going to have some amazing services. We're going to have some prophetic services this year. And I can guarantee you there will at least be one or two who the enemy is going to try and come in say this promise isn't yours. This isn't for you. That wasn't true. You're not forgiven, but you are. Amen. How many people... People in this room can testify to the fact that they have had circumstances in their life and they know God has forgiven them. Amen? Amen. Not because we deserve it, but because because God is great and merciful and sent His Son to die for our sins. Amen? Amen. And then I want to talk about a third one here. And um, this is the ultimate ending and this is where I think that sometimes we see really an epidemic of just depression. Depression and sadness, and that ultimate sense of looking for a purpose, we see it all in our world. Whether you are a Christian, whether you don't know Jesus, in every area we're seeing this. And why are we seeing this? And there's all kinds of reasons that people say we're seeing this. But I want to talk about a third way that the devil thought he won, but that Jesus and that God overcame that situation. And that situation is when Jesus died on the cross for our sins. So I, I'm going to not... I will won't be able to do the whole passage justice but I will say this when they were dragging Jesus down that when he was carrying that cross and he had been beaten and he was put up on that cross and he was beaten and bruised and the crown was put on and even up until the end when he cried out to the Lord the devil had thought he won the devil knew that thought that by his death that he had won And God knew what was coming after that. Amen? See, you may be in a situation where the devil thinks that he has won in your life. You're dealing with situations that are so big, so huge. So large that you can't even really explain what they are. But they're just there. They're a weight that's there. And those are sometimes the hardest ones. Because you can't put your finger on why it is the way it is. But it is in your life. Or so we think. See, the enemy has you convinced that 2020 is just going to be another year. That it's just going to be like last year. And we've been going to church and hearing now that this year it's going to be a great year. We hear it everywhere. And we've heard it. And why is this year going to be any different? Because I believed it last year or the year before. And I didn't see this. But. The end for us is not the end for God. Amen? And sometimes I think that we get ready and we think this is our year. And then when that thing doesn't come to pass or we can't break free of that fear, we think that somehow we missed it or even worse, that God has forgotten us. But God has not forgotten us. Amen? So I want to ask you a question this morning. And no, no show of hands on this one, but think it. let's think about this together. If there has been a year where we have sat in this church or other churches or in a situation where we thought this year is going to be the best year God is going to overcome, God is going to do it, it's going to happen in this situation, this situation, we get through the year and it didn't happen. It did not happen. Then we're sitting at the end of that year. Not only are we feeling beaten are we feeling defeated are we losing a little bit of that faith maybe even at times that we had but then also it affects our next year because we think we believed and we trusted god for this year and it didn't happen so we go in defeated at the end of the year before the next year even starts and then because that happens because we can't hold on to that promise because the enemy has beaten us down we start the year defeated And then the pattern happens and the cycle happens and we start the same year and the next year the way we started the last year and nothing changed. So what changes that? What changes that? It's what we believe and what we choose to do in our life. It's that That play, or those several plays we saw at the end, where they are right there at the goal. They are in the last few seconds of the game, and they are down. They aren't winning, and it looks like they're not going to win. And they have fought every game, five, ten games through. And here it is, and they're going to lose after all that work they put in, after everything they did. So what happens in that moment when they're standing there, and they know that this is it, but... They've had to overcome this and they're losing. So, mentally, what happens? What happens in that moment? I tell you what happens something happens inside of them where they determine and they say I don't care how many people hit me I don't care if I have to pull as hard as I've ever pulled across that line I am going to make this final play this may be the final play and whether or not I win or lose I'm going to give it everything I have to get across that line to get to that next step so they huddle up a lot of times they huddle up and They get ready for that last play. They know it's the last play of the game. This is the game. You're going to go to the playoffs if you win. If you don't win, you're not going. You're done for the season. You're out. They know that. They know that going in as a team. They know that going into their strategy. And it all comes down to the grit that they have and the passion that they have to give it everything they've got no matter what happens in those final few moments of that game. Or you hear the expression, they're going to leave it all out on the field. They're just going to leave it there and they're going to give it Everything they've got. That's what we're gonna do in this service. Because you can't decide in January you're gonna start your year right. You've gotta decide today at the end of the quarter that you're gonna start your year right. You've gotta huddle up with your team, which is the church, which is the body of Christ, and you've gotta say, we're gonna go together, we're gonna go in unity, and it doesn't matter what happens, we're gonna leave it out on the field, we are gonna get the victory, we are gonna go on to the next season, we are gonna be victorious, and the test Testimonies that are going to come out of it are going to change lives for those around us. Amen? Amen? Because sometimes when we lose in that final quarter, sometimes what happens when we don't turn it over to God, when we don't push through, when we allow the enemy to defeat us, we've got to start all over at the next season again. Amen? And I don't know about you, but who does not want to go back and have to start over on a new season? Who is ready to go on to that championship, to go on to that place to where not only is your life changed, but you're changing the lives of other people? See, that's what... In comparison, that championship game is. That's where people around you in your life, outside of the church, are watching you. They may not be watching everything you do, but what they're seeing is, man, God has been victorious in their life this year. Or if they don't know God, they're saying, how is that situation possible? How did they overcome that? See, like in that final game, you've got... That Those crowd of fans standing around you waiting to see at the end who's going to be victorious. Is this situation going to win out or is this situation going to win out? Because I don't know if you know it or not, but there are those around you who are watching to see watching to see your life and what god does maybe they're on the verge of a breakthrough in their life but they're needing to see what god does for you so that they can have the faith in them to change their life and i know that sounds like a lot of pressure and we cannot do that but you know who can do that god and he is waiting to use you as a testimony in your life to show someone that in their life see the final game the playoff for us on this earth what that is is changing the lives of the people around around us who are lost, who aren't saved, who, if not for your testimony and you allowing God to use you and you going through the trials and you fighting through the situations, their life wouldn't change. They wouldn't have a hope. I've shared this before, but there is someone on this earth that you don't know who is watching you, who is someone's son or daughter who would end up in hell if, if not for you in their life. Amen. Because sometimes parents aren't the ones to reach their children. Sometimes it's someone outside. We've got to be aware of that situation. Now, we are not perfect. And I think sometimes the best testimony is when we do fall down, getting back up and showing that God forgives. And for someone else to believe they're forgiven, they have to see that you believe you're forgiven. Because if they don't see that that you as a Christian believes you're forgiven and you walk forgiven, they're not going to know how to be forgiven. Because that's not that's not natural to be able to ask for forgiveness and then truly believe you're forgiven. But I know today that I've made so many mistakes in my life. But when I put them under the blood of Jesus, I'm forgiven. Amen? Who here knows that today? That you are forgiven. And so for us in our life, and this is just a game, whether it be football or basketball, these are just games. But what it shows us, because we as humans have to look at practical things, sometimes we understand what it shows for us is we go through seasons of our life and we go through different phases of our life and there are different games that they're going to play. There are different times in their life. Sometimes you'll win. Sometimes you'll lose. But it's not about which end you're on. It's about how you finish. It doesn't matter if you're behind at the beginning of the season. It matters what happens at the end of the season because God works, works amazingly awesome when you're at the end of that season, at the end of that rope, when the world has decided that you're going to lose and God says, "Give it to me because I'm going to pull it out here at the end." Amen. We can't pull it out at the end. Only God can pull it out at the end. We cannot Pull it out when we're at the end of our rope and everything in us is dying. But God says, give it to me and I'll pull it out. It's like the team that says, man, we can't win this. And the quarterback looks at him and says, we are going to win this. It's his job to rally his team and say, this is the final moment. Let's give me the ball. Let's run it in or pass it in or however they run the play. Because everything that happens in your life may happen differently. But the ending is the same. God. God wants the ultimate glory. Amen? Because if not for that, what is the purpose for any of us? What is the purpose if it is not to give God the glory and to save the lives of people around us? It's not just to sit in church and for us to know God and us to have a relationship, which is important, but it's bigger than just us. And it's going to be bigger than just us in 2020. Amen? It's going to be bigger than us in this next season. Because there are going to be things that happen that We're going to see our brothers, our sisters, people we love get knocked down. And we're going to have to pick them up. We're going to see people in this next season who we're going to have to rally around them. They're going to be running towards their goal and their dream. And everybody, everything is going to come at them from all sides. And we're going to have to stand there in defense and block for them and pray for them and intercede for them. Because they won't make it across that finish line if they don't have people around them in the body of Christ that are blocking for them in every way possible. That's why getting into your local church wherever you are. I know there are some people online watching today. Get in with your local church in the body of Christ. They are those who are going to pray with you, who are going to rally with you, who are going to fight with you, and who are going to make sure that the destiny of God in your life happens. And that's why God brought us together as a body to fight the enemy. Because where two or three are gathered in His name, there He is in the midst of them. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I want to share with you another example, a personal example in my life. And I tell you, it's funny how um, God reveals Himself through revelation and how God only gives us what we need to know when we need to know it. Amen? And don't we sometimes want to know it all up front so we know the outcome and it gives us that courage because we know the outcome? But God doesn't work that way a lot of times. He wants us to have that faith because He knows we're going to need that faith. And he wants us to not know because he wants us to to show those around us that faith and with God and faith in him anything is possible. so I want to share just for a second um, I know there are so many people in this room who have been with us for years and then there are also those who have been new to the church here in the last one, two, three years and so I just want to share. About five years ago, how the enemy, he really attacked my life. And through that situation, through fear and doubt and depression, different things like that. Things I had never struggled with the first 33 years of my life. Never struggled with, didn't understand. Uh, And I think a lot of times people deal with things that hit them out of the blue. Things that are, maybe it's that for you. Maybe it's a tragedy. Maybe it's a a struggle you didn't realize you were going to have to face. Because you had made all these plans in your life. And then boom, the enemy hits you. And you don't expect it. It's hard. It takes that blow from the side that you don't expect to come. So after God brought me through that situation, now that situation, I began to share my testimony. And I spent the first couple of years as I would prepare for services here or I would share my testimony. I wanted to find something that could really just because I'm a visual person. So, I wanted to find an image. I wanted to find something, and we're not going to put it up yet, but I'm going to share with you first, and then I'll show you what I found. And it was only recently. And this image has been around forever, but I was looking for this particular image. I was looking for a way, okay, God, how can I show who you are and your power and what you did? Because I know what you did in my life. And a lot of you in this room know what God did in my life. But I really wanted to be able to show that in a practical way. And so, I was praying over this last year as, as we do, and at the end of the year, and we were reflect kind of as a family, you know, over circumstance and situations of the last year and how God's just blessed us and been faithful. And And we were talking about that. And one night, um, he was here actually over the weekend, he was preaching and I was at home with the girls. And it was right before God kind of gave me the word for this year, God gave me a word for me. And I wanted to share it with you because for those who know, and even those who don't know, um, I wanted to find a way to kind of show that God overcomes through situations and how God can change and how God can heal and how God can make radical changes in people's lives. Maybe you've spent your entire life afraid of what if I do something wrong? Maybe you've spent your entire adult life worried about your children. Maybe you've spent your entire life thinking that you weren't good enough because of something that happened in your childhood. Maybe you have, this isn't a one-time battle for you. This is a battle that you've been dealing with for your whole life. But what's happened is, the situation has come up that has brought it to a culmination. Where it has come down to that time where it's all or nothing. And I think that God prepares us our entire life for those situations when we know Him and we don't even know it. God's working behind the scenes when we don't even know it. Amen? God is taking what the enemy has done to you every single day of your life, and he has, he has made a way, and he has made a plan. He says, I know the, Jeremiah says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. The plans for, to, for good it to prosper you and not to harm you. See, good and prosperity and all of these things that God promises us are ours to have. But the enemy convinces us that they're not. And so, about five years ago, I went through a very one of those culmination times in my life. One of those times where the ministry and the family and the things that that I had were either going to go one way or another. I was going to spend my life bound by doubt, fear, all of these things that would have kept me from the destiny of God for my life, or I was going to choose the path that God had for me, and I was going to go a different direction. But there came that moment in life, and sometimes a moment's not a day. Sometimes it lasts for. In my case, months. Sometimes it's years. But you get to that place where this is the final ball game. This is the time where, we talked about a moment ago, where if, if this battle is not overcome, you're going to have to start back here. And God is the grace to bring you back through it. But you're going to have to walk that road again. And this was that battle. This was that time for me where it was all or nothing. And it was for me such a time in my life where I was either going to win this battle... Or the enemy was going to destroy me piece by piece as a person. And I don't know if any of you have ever experienced that. Maybe some of you are here today at the end of your rope with your situation. You've come to church for the last year or two believing that this is your year and the enemy's convinced you that whatever happened in that year, God didn't come through. But I just want to challenge you this morning because God is working. That may have not been the year for the outcome you expected, but don't believe that God's not building to what the ultimate glory is because if you're a child of God and you've accepted Jesus and you have that blood covering you, the outcome, what you think is the end, is not the end. Amen? So God gave me this word for me, and then I'm going to start with the word for the year. But I realized something. As I was looking, and it's been five years in 2020. It's been five years since the enemy attacked me. And since I had that profound touch from God and that change in my life that would change me... Who I was as a person. I always believed and loved God, trusted God. But sometimes we have to overcome our own selves to be able to walk into the destiny God has for life. Because there's a lot of amazing, wonderful Christian people who don't feel the destiny of God for their life. And it's so sad because they have fears or things that the enemy is bounding them with that they can't overcome. Does that mean they're going to heaven? Absolutely. But they can't, they can't live out that perfect will here on the earth because they're so bound. So it's been five years ago for me. It's been five years ago of the enemy saying, you're not good enough for those things to creep into our life. So God reminded me of that when I was praying and, and as I was going through my prayer time. And do you know what five years represents? The number five represents grace. But I was looking and reading through the Hebrew explanations. Five also represents God's favor to humankind. For me, God it was God saying to me, This it's the fifth year, it's the five years since that happened. This is going to be the year that you are going to take back that ground that the enemy tried to steal. So I've spent five years believing God that what I went through was going to be bigger and for a bigger and greater purpose than just for me and my family. But it's to help those struggling in the same situation. God said, this is the year five. I didn't, I didn't look that up. I didn't know. You know, I wasn't researching numbers or what, anything like that. But God brought that to me and I looked at it. You know, on the fifth day of creation, also with the number five, it said... Um, It's a whole long scripture through there, Genesis 20 through 23. But it talks about on the fifth day... Be fruitful and multiply. The creatures of the sea, the birds of the day, the ends from the ends of the earth where the evening is separated from day. Be fruitful and multiply. So God spoke to me and said, this is going to be the year to multiply what I did for you in the lives of other people. To take that, that defeat that the enemy tried to do. That last blow that the enemy tried to face. That last thing that came. And he's going to take it and he's going to multiply it this year. Because this is, it's been five years. And this is the year for grace in a lot of people's lives. This is the year for God's favor on humankind in a lot of people's lives. And if we will allow God to use us in those situations, you can be that hope for someone else in their situation. So as God was showing this to me and just revealing it to me, and I was having my time with God and I was praying. um, After that happened, I was laying in the bed and the girls had gone to bed. And I was on Facebook. And I was um, looking at some different things. And I saw this image. And some of you probably had it on your Facebook. But this is the image that God showed me that same night. And for me, it was an image that some of you won't understand, but I want to explain it. So this was an image for me for five years ago. This is an image that can be more than the literal image of what it is. Now, for me, this was a literal image. But for some of you, it's what God's wanting to do in your life. So when God spoke to me in prayer and I found the scripture, then it's like God is so good sometimes because then through a Facebook post, he confirmed it here and said, don't forget what I did. Amen. We can't forget what he did. And I want to share a scripture with you in Psalms. Because if we look, it says that we can. Jesus found himself in the Word. So for me, God's saving my life so miraculously. When you look in the scripture, and I found it literally in the scripture. And I want to share it with you today. And I'm going to read the whole thing. But then you'll see, and I want to explain this a little bit. What God showed to me in this. So it's Psalms 18, and I didn't give this to them because I'm just going to read it to you. It became personal to me. Psalms 18.3 says, I will call upon the Lord. He is worthy to be praised. So I shall be saved from my enemies. The pangs of death surround me. The floods of ungodliness made me afraid. My sorrow surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress... I called out to the Lord and cried out to God. He heard my voice from his temple. And my cry came before him even to his ears. If you're at the end of your rope, cry out to God. He's here and he hears you. The earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hill quaked and shaked, and he became angry. He's angry when the enemy attacks you. Smoke went up from his nostrils, devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled up by it. He bowed the heavens, also came down. Darkness under his feet. He rode upon a cherub, and he flew. He flew upon the wings of the wind and made darkness his secret place. His canopy around him was dark waters a thick cloud in the skies from the brightness before him his thick cloud passed with hailstone and coals and fire the lord thundered from heaven and the most high uttered his voice and hailstone and coal came from fire Are you guys getting the picture he's fighting he's fighting for you with everything he has dna the channels of the sea were seen and the foundation of the world were uncovered and you were, you, your rebuke, O oh Lord, in a blast of your breath. And he sent from above. He took me and he drew me up out of the waters. Amen. Amen. He delivered me from my strong enemy for those who hated me. And they were so strong when they confronted me. They were, they were too strong for me. See, sometimes there are things that are too strong for us. But they're not too strong for God. But the Lord was my support. And He brought me out into a broad place and delivered me. Because He delighted in me. I tell you what. That image there, if we can pull it back up. That image does not just mean He brought you up. Now this literally meant He delivered us out. And that scripture... So spoke to sometimes the things that hell that's fighting around us and God is breaking through everything to get to you. And you have to believe that when you can't see it, He wants to get to you. But this could be you in a situation where you are drowning. Maybe you're drowning in your in your own situation, in your life with doubt, with no understanding in your situation maybe you are drowning in debt maybe you're drowning in relationship issues maybe you're drowning in health issues this is God he's reaching out to you and Jesus is reaching in and saying take my hand accept what I have for you in this year I wanted to share this image with you and I know I'm just going a few minutes over but I wanted to give us a time here at the end because God is reaching out to you today And He is reaching out to you in a way that He wants you to take His hand. He wants to draw you up out of the waters. He's put people in your life. He's fought through situations. He's done things in your life to get you here today. You may not realize it, but He has fought all of those things. He's moved heaven and earth maybe in some of your lives to get you to this place today. Because now what He's doing is He's saying, Take my hand. All you have to do now... This is the end of the year. We're starting a new decade. We're starting a new year. My hand is extended, but you have to reach up. You have to reach for me. You have to accept me. You have to ask for my help. You have to cry out to me talked about him crying out to god all it takes is a cry to god because he wants to save you he's your father he wants to take your situation and change it for his glory because he loves you because he cares about each and every person here he cares about you and me and pastor cricket and everyone on this earth he cares about us all the same and this is his extending hand saying Reach out to me. You're at the end of the year. Let's start this next year off strong. And I want to share the word that God gave for me. And then I'm going to close this service with a what I believe we call it an altar call, but it's a cry from God to you before this next year begins. So here's what God gave me for this year, <clears throat> and I took. It was about. One in the morning, and so I don't know that it's all going to flow and make sense. I had my phone. I didn't have anything to write it down with. But it says... You've been asking and you shall receive. You've been seeking, wanting to find. You've been knocking, waiting for the door to open. And God says, you have been asking for opportunity in areas. You have been seeking for a long time. You've been knocking for a long time. And it's a year that that door is opening. opening. It's opening over and over and over again in your life. One door closes and you go to the next. When a door closes in your life, you go to the next. Don't stop having faith. Don't stop pushing. Don't stop seeking. It's time to wake up, get up, move forward with what God has already blessed you with and given you and use it for His glory. We have all been given something. It's time to figure out what it is and move forward with it in faith and prayer and power for God. It's a time to seek and trust wise counsel in a season of rapid growth. You will need strong roots and a strong foundation and a strong core. And I have in here the Holy Spirit. Greater is He that is in me than he who is in the world. The Holy Spirit that is in you is greater than who is in this world. The roots are what I have blessed you with. They are what has been there to hold you steadfast, like a, like a strong taproot into the ground. The foundation, the, the, the godly relationships, principles, and beliefs that you've been building on at the core will be the foundation. And through the Holy Spirit that is within you, He is working and will place what He has for you in your destiny in your hands. I pray God's blessing in the hands of everything, every venture, every relationship, every situation that arises in 2020. In this year we have to thank God for the closed doors. This year we have to thank God for those doors. He's closed in our life in this past year. Because through this year we're going to see the fruits of what comes out of those closed doors. Those doors that we wish would have been, God is going to show you this year why that door was closed. Amen? Amen. It's a year to be bold and unapologetic in the things of the lord to be gentle and loving and kind and patient and understanding with the people around you but be their light in their moment of darkness that god let god's love show through your action and deed. so at the end of this year we go into 2020 as a year to win with the lord to take our ground to put it in for the glory of the lord amen And I just claim that over every person in this room today. And I want to end this service. And we'll turn the music up a little bit here at the end. But it's so, so important this year. We have come to this final service. And I'm excited about this service. Because this is the service where we don't wait until the beginning of the year to start. We start now. Because what we plant now, what we do now through our testimony and our faith and our showing of faith to God, plants those seeds for our next service, for 2020, for the year that's coming, for the prophetic ministry that wants to speak into your life. If you're needing a word in your life this year, be here at that service. They're going to run it on the announcements. Be here at that service. But if you're needing a prophetic word in your life, start today saying, God, I need a word. Prepare for what is coming. Pray for what is coming. So we're going to end this service today. And what we're going to say to God is, we're going to say that this is the year that we're going to begin. We're going to end strong and we're going to begin the beginning of this next year stronger than we've ever ever been through Him. Amen. We're going to profess it. You may not feel it sitting here today. I know a lot of us are sick today or have been sick, so we're not physically feeling it, but we're going to speak it by faith. We're going to speak our strength now because next week you're going to feel great and you're going to wish you would have spoken this week. So don't let today pass you by. Don't, this is the last service. This is the last service where we come in before next year, a Sunday service, before next year where we say, God, I'm leaving it all out. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to leave it all out on the field here today. I'm ready to leave it at the altar of God because I am ready to start 2020 this year. I'm ready to say, God, we're entering this next next decade and it's going to be like nothing we have ever seen before. We're going to speak your promises. We're going to believe your promises and go forward. So can we all stand together? I'm going to. We're going to play some music. And I'm going to pray over you guys, and then we're going to profess some things, and we're going to speak some things as we end this service. And we'll just let that music run. And so we're going to pray together, Amen. We're going to speak it for ourselves, Amen. I'm going to pray with you, but you're going to speak it. You're going to speak it into existence. You're going to manifest God in your life, and you're going to see the fruits of God. I tell you, I came in this morning with examples from the Bible, with examples here, examples in my own life, and I'm not going to share. The testimony I'm going to let him do it but Justin's dad is an example of that Coming close to death's door. And this just happened. This message was prepared a couple of weeks ago. But I can see God already saying. Let me show out here. At the end of the year. Because it's going to set the pace. For what's coming. God is already showing us examples. I believe by faith he's doing it for Miss Gracie. In her situation. We are ending this year with God saving lives. With God's strength and God's power. So let's pray together. God we just thank you Lord for what you're doing in the lives of every person here today, for every person watching this service, God. We pray power in their lives, Lord, in Jesus' name. God, we pray, Lord, and we just thank you, Lord, for what you did in 2019, God. God, we just thank you that you have given us the grace and allowed us to overcome the obstacles that we have overcome, God. And for all of those here who are still going through situations in their life, who are still going through obstacles, who have not yet seen that finish line, God, we believe that this is the year for them, God. We thank you for the miracles that you have already started, God. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for saving lives. We thank you for intervening when the obstacles of what the enemy says and the world says did not win. Amen? God, you have allowed us to overcome sickness, to overcome death, to overcome tragedy, to overcome all of these things in life, God. And God, we also thank you that when we have experienced tragedy, God, that we are still here standing today, God, because your will for our life is not done. Why did you survive that tragedy? Why did you go through that thing? Why was it not you? Because your will, God's will for you on this earth is not done. You are here for a destiny and a purpose bigger than yourself. So this morning, I want to ask you, if you are ready to enter 2020 bolder than you've entered any year thus far in your life, no matter how many years it's been, I want you to come forward now. I want you to come forward and say, this year is not going to be last year. This year is going to be a new year. And as you come forward, what God is doing is God is saying, last year, We take last year and we throw last year away. This is a new year. This is a year where God is going to move. If you feel right now, if you're in your seat and you feel, well, God didn't do it last year. I feel defeated. It's okay. Come by now by faith. You don't have to know it right now. You just have to believe it is possible with God. So if you don't believe it right now, that's okay. But faith is what God's looking for. Faith is what God's looking for to change your situation. You can't change it, but God can. Can. Amen? So by raising our hands, we say, God... Thank you for what you're doing in 2020. Thank you, God, for my situation. Thank you, Lord, for starting new ministries. Thank you, Lord, for starting new lives. Thank you, Lord, for saving children. Thank you, Lord, for healing sickness, Lord. Thank you for the lives you've saved. Thank you for the lives you've changed, Lord. Thank you for those who have struggled to have families, for those who are wanting children, God. We ask you to bless them this year, God. We ask you, Lord, to bless those relationships for those people who are lonely and who need someone in their life. Maybe they're looking for a partner, God. We're believing. We're asking God that you plant those seeds in this year. Even if they don't find them in this year, we believe you're planting the seeds in this year, God. God, your grace, your glory is starting in this year, Lord. For those who have a desire in their ministry, God, we ask that you come in, Lord, and you fill them with a greater passion that they've ever had, God. That you fill them and you get all those things that are blocking that ministry in their life and that you're putting in everything of you your Holy Spirit so that when they go out when they minister when they do what you have for them that your light shines and your light radiates through them God we are all here today, Lord, with our hands raised, proclaiming by faith your word, Lord. Proclaiming by faith as a body of Christ, together here with more than two together, saying, This is the year for our lives to be changed. This is the year for God's glory. This is the beginning of a new decade, of a new ten years, of a new season. That it be a long season. That be a season of grace, a season of abundance, a season of mercy a season of healing, and beyond that, a season for your glory and your future. In Jesus' name, we pray and we thank you. Amen. Now I want to go and we're going to pray over you guys and I want to pray and take a minute. So if you are, if you need prayer this morning, stay up front. If you, you are dismissed at this time to go, but if you need prayer, we're going to keep playing the music and we're just going to pray and lay hands over some people. Maybe what you need is simple. Maybe it's a ministry. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's a partner. Maybe it's a breakthrough. Maybe it's a child. Maybe it's a friend. But if you need that, stay this morning and we'll pray for you in Jesus name. You're dismissed. Save me in.